Welcome to Little Universe, the podcast where we discuss small spaces and interior worlds. This season, we are focusing on maladaptive daydreaming disorder, a condition in which daydreams become intrusive and impede daily life. In the last episode, we heard from Dr. Summer and Kristen Fitzgerald about MDD in general. Please check that out if you haven't yet. It provides some very useful information. In this episode, we are focusing on a particularly common attribute of the daydreams people with MDD have. As I've been talking to people with this condition, I've noticed that many describe having daydreams about a better version of themselves. The version of themselves that exists in their daydreams, their sort of avatar in the daydream world, is often more conventionally attractive, smarter, happier, stronger, etc. Now I know you're thinking that this is a pretty relatable daydream. Even those that don't suffer from MDD have dreamt up a more likable version of themselves from time to time. But, as usual with this condition, MDD takes it to the next level, and the relationship between the real self and the daydream self is much more intense than your average person dreaming of a better life. Some people become so attached to this quote-unquote better version of themselves that they want to exist only in their daydreams. I was very fortunate to speak with two people who told me about their daydream selves, and I'll be sharing these two interviews with you today. Firstly, we have Sarah, an English Lit student living in Bristol who suffers from MDD. I will roll that interview now. Can you describe what some of your daydreams might consist of? Oh, yes, I can. I sometimes... um... I'll imagine myself sharing it on the Facebook forum, but then I get too embarrassed. And I've seen a lot of other people saying that they uh, feel embarrassed to say what their daydreams are about. I remember um, when I was speaking to like a counsellor that I had at school um, when I was completing my A-levels and she asked me what my daydreams are about and I felt too embarrassed to try and share with it. But all in all, it's basically just me thinking of like the version of myself that I'd like to be. But um or or if I go to an event I think I'm quite present in the event so I really enjoy it but then afterwards like I'll just start daydreaming of like different things that could have gone on um and that can go on for like two hours sometimes even if I'm bored I'll just engage in it like I know it's quite bad I can be doing something else but I'm just like oh that was such a fun party that I went to I'm going to reimagine everything that I did there um <laughs> for the next three hours and listen to the same song for three hours <laughs> um or any of the songs that I heard at the playlist uh, on the playlist at the party or something um not that I frequently go to parties by the way it's just like if there's a social event or something um it's usually that I remember when I was younger um it was the case of like um because, because I boarded I was always away from home obviously but um, every time I went home, um, there'd always be some conflict going on with my parents. And when you're when you're boarding, you can be away from that and you can avoid it and you don't have to be part of it. Um, but yeah, just at home, like I, I remember whenever my parents would get into an argument or something, I just sort of like daydream about having a bit of a <laughs> happier family situation, if you will, that sort of thing. But yeah, fortunately, nothing overly interesting. But yeah, I think the real answer to the question is just a better version of myself that I'm not actively trying to execute in my real life but (laughs) yeah 
What would you say are the differences between who you are in real life and the version of yourself that you daydream about? Um, oh, God. I think recently the version of myself that I daydream about is... Um, someone who doesn't really care about what other people think also uh physically um maybe I'm just like <laughs> a couple of stone lighter <laughs> um but apart from that it's just someone who eats well um you know can uh because I'm only going into my first year of university now a lot of the things that I've been like sort of daydreaming about is just me having my life on track <laughs> and being able to like balance everything which sounds really boring but like I'll add a couple of characters in or something and they'll, they'll be like wow Sarah you're doing a really great job and I'm like thank you very much that's really kind of you <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but um, yeah I think to do physically I'm probably a little bit more attractive uh, and mentally I've just got I've just got everything together and even though I think I am quite extroverted anyway um I just imagine myself being a lot more confident just not yeah probably that um also I know this sounds I didn't have to explain this but I've only recently started um reading into stuff about like the male gaze and I just have been daydreaming a lot about myself being able to stop viewing myself through that lens and trying to overcome it because sometimes I'll put on a top in real life I'm just like uh, I know it's really superficial but I'm like oh am I doing this because I like it or is it because I'm wanting my boyfriend to look at me differently or is it because I want other people to look at me a certain way I don't know if you just put the top on it just doesn't matter blah 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 oh, I don't know but um yeah that's about it sorry it's a bit of a long-winded answer <laughs> You mentioned um, that sometimes you'll introduce characters. I was wondering if you could elaborate that on a little bit. Um, so <laughs> recently I, I met my uh, boyfriend's friends and um, by characters, I just mean like they might be uh, maybe people that I don't personally know, but like people that I briefly meet. And then I know this sounds really big headed, but if they, they'll just join in with the, the sort of like not praise but no no not praise sorry let me just think of what I'm trying to say um yeah it's nothing interesting I wish it could be the case that it was something like mythical or you know had wings and maybe you know was a giant or something I don't know <laughs> but it is usually the case that it's like if I meet a bunch of new people and they're really cool um and I'm waiting for, looking forward to seeing them again. They're just in the new scenario and they're doing things with me and we're all hanging out. And then hopefully I can get the courage in real life to message and be like, hey, do you wanna hang out again? Yeah, it's, it's really boring answer, sorry. <laughs> Maladaptive daydreaming is often, but not always, tied to trauma, and just anecdotally from the people who opened up to me throughout this project, oftentimes it seems the daydream self is able to sort of conquer a traumatic event in a way that the real person was unable to.
The next interview you'll hear is with a young woman named Melisa from Algeria whose trauma has influenced her MDD in a very direct way. I think this interview is really important, but I do want to issue a trigger warning for sexual assault. With that in mind, I will play the interview now. So can you tell me about when you started uh, experiencing maladaptive daydreams? Uh, I think between 2012 and 2013. It's like I used to watch an anime on TV and that anime is called Inyosha. It's a Japanese anime. And it's airing time was past my bedtime. So I would watch around 10 minutes of it before mom comes and turn off the TV. Uh, like most of the time I was not able to finish watching the episodes so I used to like keep replaying the anime in my head and would come up with ideas and create events that would happen and just try to imagine the end of each episode I could not finish you know because of mom at the bedtime and this is when it started what would your daydreams consist of Um, they were consisted of you know, the the hero of the anime that I used to watch, the character, her adventures with her friends, what do they do, how does she treat them, how often does she impress them and their journey together, like I would create scenarios in my head. What do your daydreams consist of now? Oh, they shifted. You know, no matter how much, no matter how much, Hannah, I try to get my head around, around it. Like, I cannot figure out when has my day, my daydream shifted from being about fictional characters, like in animes, to be about real people, about me and real human beings. So now they shifted completely. So are you like a character in your daydreams? Mm, no, no, I'm not. No. Now it is basically about a better version of me, both in her appearance and presence, a person that has things that has things I do not own, and people around her, like uh, like a few old friends of mine and acquaintances, and even celebrities, to be honest. Those people are impressed by her and the person she is. Uh, that's how, how it is right now. It is about me, but not me at the same time. Can you describe a recent daydream that you've had? Oh, it was about this interview, actually. By the way, I'm anxious. I was anxious, but already excited because it is the first time that I talk with anybody about MDD. Like I daydreamed that Maya, you know, Maya is my character, is me, but not me at the same time. I was having an interview with somebody but not with us. It's like, you know, uh, in my daydreams, let's say I had a bad mark on an exam. In my daydream, I would not daydream about that bad mark, no. I would daydream that Maya had someone, someone that betrayed her or something like that. You see, there is kind of a difference between what happens in reality and what I daydream about, but also, but at the same time, the same emotion, uh, the same emotion does exist. Can you describe some of the differences between you and Maya? We absolutely have the same weight, the same height, but not the same, not quite the same face. I'm kind of uncomfortable with myself, actually. I'm kind of insecure. Um, she also, she's super intelligent. I know that I'm smart, but she's smarter. Like, uh, I focus on her, like, on her 
like um, on her, uh, you know, intelligence more than her appearance. So when you're having a daydream, how aware are you of reality? So I'm from an Arab culture and we do believe, we're very religious, we do believe in God and stuff like that, that, that God does see us. Sometimes I know that there is somebody with me inside the room and I'm self-aware thanks to this, to this belief, to be honest with you. Because if it wasn't, because if I did not believe in this, I would just do, keep doing what I'm doing and lose, lose touch with the reality. Can you tell me a little bit more about how religion has impacted your life? Oh, um, actually, it has impacted a lot. Like when I MDD. And when I finish daydreaming and goes out of my room and face my family, I, I think, oh, but this is kind of wrong. This is not how things should go. Because I should not be embarrassed or afraid of my family, but also from God. Sometimes I do, I do feel very sad for that, that, that I actually like neglect God's uh, existence or I don't know. I feel like I should stop doing what I'm doing because I'm not alone, as I might think. It impacted me a lot, actually. I do think that I should stop because of God, and but then I cannot stop again. It is something that became a hobby or habit of mine. Why do you think you should stop because of God? Because, you know, when we MDD, we always, uh, we always search for a place uh, that where we are alone and nobody is around. But if you think about it, and if you're a religious person, you would, you would know that God is with you. So what you are doing is meaningless. How do you think your culture has impacted your MDD? A lot. Like, you know, here it's not common for 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 girls or even boys to move out of their parents' houses when they when they turn 18, 20, or whatever. Like you cannot move out before getting married or going to study abroad or working abroad, you see? So I sometimes think if I, uh, I have my own space, I have like my own uh, house, I would maladaptive daydream less because sometimes I do maladaptive daydream too to avoid interacting with my family. I mentioned before that I had some problems with them when I was a teenager, right? So yes, I would think that this is one cultural thing that impacted me. Can you describe some of the other characters in your daydreams? Oh, my ex is the main character. Well, actually we broke up, we broke up because because I didn't want to be in a relationship, but at the same time, it was so common to be in a relationship, you know? So yes, my ex is a main character. I don't know why, but he's a main character. And there are also some old friends of mine that I now I don't, I'm not, uh, like we're not in touch anymore. There are also some celebrities, but those celebrities, like I borrow their faces and change their names and their jobs so that they fit my story. Those are, that's all that I have. Can you describe, this can be related to maladaptive daydreaming or not, 
but can you describe a challenge that you've encountered in your life? Yes, I was sexually assaulted years ago when I was a teenager. And Maya is prosecutor, as I said before. So she kind of fight this kind of uh, social problem. And actually it hurts me whenever I talk about it. But yes, this is one, one of the moments that MDD actually helps me to, to overcome reality. Um, so Maya is a prosecutor. What kind of cases does she take on? Mm, you know, I, yes, I, um, I get inspired, uh, you know, what Maya takes from, from the movie that I watch. Like if this episode about a certain series, that, that series is a law one that talks about lawyers and stuff. If in this episode I talk about, uh, I don't know, let's see about, about assault or, or murder, Maya would just daydream about the same, same topic like that uh, episode of that series. What is Maya's relationship to some of the other characters in the daydream? Like, does she have a family or a significant other? Now, since I mentioned before that, um, that those characters in my daydreams are not people whom I know right now, like I used to know them, like my ex and some old friends. So now her relationship with them is kind of, uh, they're not close. And they don't dislike, they, they don't hate each other, or love each other, but they do communicate, which I don't do in reality. Do you have any um, idea as to why the characters in your daydreams are people that you're sort of removed from now? You know, those people kind of hurt me when I was back. They kind of hurt me when I went back in time. So now I don't know if I'm taking revenge uh, on them in my daydreams or something like that, but I don't know. Do bad things generally happen to those characters or is it just neutral? No, 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 no. It only happens to me. There, there is nothing, there is nothing that happens with them. Everything happens to Maya, to my character, all the emotions, all the events, everything to Maya. They kind of help in those things that happen. They kind of cause problems or kind of question, like, like ask questions, but they don't, they don't impact her as much as I do impact her, as much as my emotions impact her. And they are just like, they're just around there, seeing her, what she's doing and stuff and how her life is. Where does Maya live in the daydream? In my grandparents' house. I love their house. It's so big. It's so beautiful. So this is where she lives. Oh, but, but she has her own uh, floor there. Like she has her own apartment and she has her own space. Would you say like that you want to be Maya or is it like a completely separate thing like you have no desire to be like her you know Maya's life is dangerous she's prosecutor I don't want to be her but I would like to have some of the characteristics in her personality like being bold being free being being able to face people and speak her mind
like she's introverted but but she's different from me perhaps I did not have any any opportunity where I would be courageous or show or I have never had any real challenge in my life so I cannot really know if I can uh, react the way that Maya reacts to what happens in her life I should have asked this sooner but do you remember like the year that you started thinking of Maya as opposed to the more fantastical anime type daydreams no I don't remember that at all like I cannot remember it I don't know when my 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 daydream shifted from being about fictional characters to to Maya, but perhaps perhaps because when I was you know 12, 13 years old, I only cared about uh, about you know my enemies, my friends. But then when I became a teenager, I faced other things. I said before about sexual assault, about some problems in our house. I think this is when my daydream shifted. Do you see your daydreams as taking place in a sort of reality or are they more like in a sort of fantastical land that's not a part of reality? They cannot, they, Maya cannot be real because she's like, she's not only, she's more than human. She can do so many things. She's so smart. She cannot be real. Like the environment does exist in reality it's my grandparents house as I mentioned I I and those people are people whom I who I know but Maya cannot be real because of how how much I put on her she knows how to gunshot I don't know how this, how, if this is how they say it in English but yeah, you know gunshotting mm, she knows yeah she's very good at sports like very good when in reality, I'm not, and I hate doing sport. Like going to the gym is a nightmare for me. Uh, she's smart. She can memorize everything in uh, in in a short amount of time. And you know, for a person to be both physically and mentally, uh, it's not it's not possible for somebody to have physical, mental, and mental abilities at this high level same time. Does literature have any influence on your daydreams the way that movies do? I don't daydream a lot about romantic stuff, like having a boyfriend or a husband or significant other. So no, but I would always, um, like, you know, when this character in this book is, uh, is uh, wise, is smart, I would take those ideas and add them to Maya. Or like does something impressing. Do you think that um, you'll become more open about your MDD in the future? Or is it something that you think you'll want to keep more on the down low? It's gonna be around, even if I don't want it to be. It became a hobby and a, a habit and a hobby. I don't think I will be. I don't think I'll be able to overcome it or anything like that. No, at all. If I think whether I want to talk about it with someone in my my environment, my surroundings, no, I don't think I would do that because I don't think they would understand it. Why do you think that they wouldn't understand it? You know, MDD is not is not considered to be a disorder yet. And mental health on its own is not that much valued and it's not, it's not that much valued in our communities. So not everybody will be able, you cannot, you cannot know 
who is this person? Where can you find this person who would actually understand what you are going through? I don't know how to find that person. Like that person who should understand what I'm going through should should like um I don't know how to find them. I don't know. Thank you for listening to this episode. I really appreciate it, and I'm very grateful to everyone, specifically Sarah and Melissa, who talked with me for this. I hope you will join us next time.